Hello, and welcome back to our Spirituality of Parenting podcast. Bethany, here with Cammie. Hello. To talk about the next chapter of the book, Bless This Mess, by Basquette and O'Donnell. And this chapter, I've been calling Sex, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. Yes, she said that, and I went, huh? <laughs> Except not rock and roll. Really, sex, drugs, and body image. Mm. Um, so one's first question might be, you know, what does that have to do with parenting from a spiritual or faith-based perspective? Um, and the authors actually address that very first in their chapter. Um, they say, you might not guess from some of its press, but Christianity is a shoe-in for body-positive theology. Oh. And they say, we want our children to revel in their bodies in the same way Jesus did. And by doing so, to care for their physical selves as part of their spiritual practice. Physicality is spirituality. Yes. So that's why they thought it important to include this chapter in a book about faith-based parenting. Because how we treat our bodies is very spiritual. Yeah. Plus, I think as parents, we pray a lot that our kids understand and respect sex that it and put it in its place and that they don't get involved in drugs and that they feel good about who they are. So I, yeah. Yeah. So, so definitely a very spiritual aspect of parenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so after they talk about that, the uh, next thing they do is absolutely destroy the idea that just say no is what we should teach our kids. Oh, <laughs> they hate that. <laughs> In either sex or drugs, they do not like the just say no idea. Um, They don't like teaching our kids, don't do drugs, period. They don't like teaching our kids abstinence until marriage, period. They don't like either of those. You're agreeing very rapidly to both of those. That's not ever going to (laughs) work. There you have it. And that's what they say, too. In fact, they say the research suggests... That when we give kids abstinence as their only choice, we are actually putting them at risk. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If, if all we do is preach, no, 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 just don't do it, we don't give them any ways to make decisions when they're faced with needing to make those decisions in, in their lives. Right. And they, they don't have any of the knowledge, they don't have any of the data, they don't have any of the of the, even the spiritual grounding to make smart decisions for where they are at certain points in their lives. Yes. So if just say no doesn't work, what does, they ask. (laughs) And really what they talk about um, in all three categories, sex, drugs, body image, is conversation. Yeah. Talking to your kids from a very young age. Talk to your kids about all three things and about... Um, the positives and the negatives and the various scenarios they may face and the decisions they want to make. Wait, talk about sex at a young age? What? How old do they suggest we're supposed <laughs> to do this? Well, well, there are ways, uh, you know, first, you know, first you start by talking about body parts. Oh. And, you know, and they say, you know, using actual names for body parts oh. rather than, you know. Yeah, I shouldn't. I'm bad at that. <laughs> Although you you do that mostly just for fun, while also using the appropriate names for body parts, you're being very generous Am to me because I? I tended oh. to say, "Oh Lord, you junk." 
Okay, so I guess you can work on that. <laughs> so, so age-appropriate discussions, and we're not going to get into all of that specifically. I think that's getting in, a little into the weeds for our podcast. Okay, but, good. <laughs> but the end of this chapter actually does go through age by age. Like, what do you talk to your preschooler about? What do you talk to your elementary oh, student okay. about? So that would be a, a good plug for this book if, yeah. if people are curious specifically about um, so they start by talking about um, sex, then drugs, then body image. Um, and they actually say one of the most important things in talking to your kids about sex in a comfortable and shame-free manner is to make sure you as parents feel comfortable and shame-free about yeah. the topic first. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So they actually said, you know, this is a topic where parents, you may need to do some of your own work first mm. before even talking to the kids because if sort of if it has been ingrained in you that you know it's some sort of shameful or dirty or you know thing we don't talk about secretive thing we don't talk about then you are going to maybe even unconsciously pass that on to your kids yeah. and that's not the message that we want to pass on to our kids yes so they you know before even opening the conversation with your kids you as parents Make sure you can get to a place where, uh -huh. where you're okay with the discussion. Yeah, because when we decided we were going to start talking a bit about it, mm -hmm. I got very uncomfortable. <laughs> so how did you get past that? I let you do all the talking. <laughs> okay, so what made you? Well, because I'm guessing people listening to this are going to be feeling the exact same way. Oh, it's making me uncomfortable. So what made you feel uncomfortable? About the sex discussion with your child. Well, I guess because my parents never had it with me. Ah, uh-huh. A. Um, so I'm not quite, sh I wasn't quite sure what would be, what's appropriate to say to him mm -hmm. about sex. Because I didn't want him to feel ashamed and I do want him to feel like he can talk to us. Right. About yeah. it. Mm -hmm. Um always mm -hmm. so now he's like ew yuck and that made me very happy but <laughs> but it's... he said ooh yuck to the discussion he's not super into those these types of discussions right. um but you know at some point if he meets someone i'd rather him feel comfortable to talk to us about it right um and so i was anxious that i would blow it in the first conversation and him not want to continue to have those conversations with us mm. and or I would share too much oh yeah yeah mm -hmm. um and I think that's something we probably haven't done as much as the authors of this book would suggest mm. is you know you were worried oh, I don't want to blow up my very first conversation but I think that's sort of why they suggest you know starting at a young age with age-appropriate material but right. I would say you and I probably didn't do that as much right a Ben really hasn't had a lot of questions about it right whereas I know some kids much younger than he is do have questions and that sort of leads into a natural discussion right um and as you mentioned and not just discussion about sex really a discussion about anything that he sort of considers maybe a serious discussion he just doesn't want anything no. to do with it on okay. on any topic it's true <laughs> so if we can't get out our material in about a minute and a half yeah he's like, done he starts tuning out yeah. which does make any sort of discussion on a serious topic difficult very very difficult <laughs> no yes. doubt about it <laughs> yeah, it is a delicate balance and he's just built that way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's been that way his whole life. But I do wonder if maybe some of your discomfort might have been helped if we had started 
discussing earlier. things earlier. Yeah, I think that's true. But who's to know? But I think it also has a lot to do with that I did not have the luxury of having mm-hmm. a conversation with your parents. With yeah, parents. yeah. So what are we trying to do when we have this conversation with our kids? One of the things that the authors say is, we want to raise children who intuitively claim sexuality as a positive aspect of their spiritual being and becoming. That's lovely. That is. So how do we do that? I don't know what that means. (laughs) Well, again, this idea that, and they talk a a decent amount about sort of the shame that often, you know, involves um, sex or talking about sex and trying to get rid of that Mm -hmm. because it's not, there should, there should be no shame whatsoever. Right. So it's a natural thing. Absolutely. So what did they suggest? They, what are some of the guideposts okay. for talking about sex with your children? Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, we already talked about the first one. Call it what it is. Call it sex. Or even the body parts. Oh, yeah. You know, that sort of thing, right? Okay. Right. Um, talk about and model consent. Yes. Very important. I think we do that. Yes. And in fact, <laughs> we know he's gotten this message because just the other day, I don't know, you two were playing around something and... He said something like no yeah. or no more, and you stopped, or you didn't stop. What happened? Now I'm forgetting I my own no. story. No, he made up that he, that he said no means no, but as soon as he said it, I stopped. But he right. said he had said it earlier. Right. He was, he was messing around with you, but in the messing around, he was, I said no, and no means no. That means you stop right away. Right. So even in his messing around, like he's gotten that message. Yes. Which is important. Mm-hmm. A very important message. He does not like to be tickled. <laughs> is that what you were doing? <laughs> um, yes. I booped him. <laughs> uh, next, teach kids that sex is fun and it's special. Yes. I think that's another area of sort of the shame thing. You right. Know, that um, I'm trying to remember there was a line I said when we were talking to Ben about it and you got this shocked expression on your face. I think I said something about, like, Ben... We do hope that at some point, the right point in your life, you have lots of good sex. Yes, you did. And I was like, what? <laughs> so did that just come out of Bethany's mouth? <laughs> but it's true. We do want that for him. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, I want that for anyone. Mm-hmm. In a you know, long-term monogamous relationship? Absolutely. Right. Um, and I think, I think we, I'm, I'm using the general we as parents, sort of lose track of that in sort of the shame and sort of, you know, maybe trying to teach rules or something that, you know, it is fun and special, right? You know, at the right time with the right person at the right moment in someone's life. Yeah. Um, this, this one might be good for you. Yeah. You're, you're talking about your discomfort. Remember, this isn't the talk. Yes. This is an ongoing conversation. conversation. Yes. This is not a one-time thing. No. We're going to sit down and get it all out and never talk about it again. Right. But I think most people think of it in that way. Right. Yes. Which is good for us since we only really get a minute and a half at a time. (laughs) Yes. We we need to have it be an ongoing conversation, and then yes, they write. He's a, due for another minute and a half. Oh oh yeah, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then they do. They talk a lot about you know, let's get out of the cycle of shame, yes, and just be able to talk about this openly. And and I mean, even without embarrassment too. I mean, there's let's be able to talk about it openly and freely. Right. Well, I think you did a good job in that conversation where my mouth was agape. Um, um, you know, saying it is 
it is enjoyable and it is a good thing when you do it with the right person when it is at the right time because there mm-hmm. is a responsibility in my mind about sex and yeah. s- sexual activities between two consenting adults. Right. Yeah. And, you know, to get back to the very point we started with, all of the information too around that, you know, it is really about treating our bodies, our God-given bodies with respect and other people's bodies with right. respect too. So along with that also comes all of the information about sexually transmitted diseases and birth control and, mm-hmm. you know, making the decision about, you know, when you're going to do what and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, a lot more details in the book. I don't, I don't want to get into the weeds on no. this podcast. Um, but um, they do list in a section further resources, a couple of different uh, books and book series. Mm-hmm. And one of them is the one we actually use and yep. have. So yep. I wanted to mention that one specifically. Um, but it's actually a series of three books by uh, Robbie Harris and Michael Emberly. Um, and they're for different stages of life. There, I think there's one for like four-year-olds, one for, say, seven or eight-year-olds, and then one for 10 or 11-year-olds. Uh-huh, uh-huh. um, it's not the stork. It's so amazing. It's perfectly normal. I found those books to be really good. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that's part of what we did for Ben, too, is we talked with him some. Then we handed him the book, and we said, you look through this on your own time, you know, right. since you don't like to sit here and listen to us talk, and then ask us questions or what have you. He hasn't done that. No, he hasn't at all. But he we- has it. I know, and we need to encourage him to do it. It's a resource. Either read it or we're talking. <laughs> um, and uh, so then they move on to body image, um, which, you know, I hope that we are all supportive of our children and they're very different bodies because mm-hmm. we all look different and yes. we are all uniquely created by God. Mm-hmm. Um, they do say there is good research showing that moms are the most important influencers of their children's body image, especially their girls' mm. body image. Okay. Um, and it's not because of what moms say to their children about their children's bodies. It's mm. what moms say about their, their own. own bodies, mm. right? Yeah. Um, so I think I struggle with that. Because, mm. you know, I was... I just don't have the best body image mm. of myself. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that, you know, again, sort of with the the sex conversation, you know, a lot of this work with our kids starts with our own selves. Mm-hmm. It's know? true. We raise a child with a positive body image if we ourselves have a positive body yeah. image. I think that's right. I don't think I talk about it too much around him. No, I don't think, I don't notice you doing that. No. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. I try to internalize it. <laughs> oh great <laughs> so healthy <laughs> oh I have a lot of work to do <laughs> <laughs> some homework appearing for you yes, um, um, and then I mean I think some of this is obvious too but again it, there's a movement from oh yeah that's obvious to actually doing it but um, but it's you know when we talk about body image it's not about a specific body um, but it's about how do we treat our bodies right. well with respect because they are God's temple, right? right? So it's about, you know, how do we have healthy eating habits and healthy exercise habits right. and um, feel good and good and strong in our bodies, whatever they look like. Right. Super important. Well, and two, I, I've, I have, have known people and do know people who talk about other people. Mm. In front of their children, mm-hmm. as to oh, she shouldn't wear those pants, right? Or yes, that, and I find that to be 
extremely hurtful on so many levels, but I would guess that that's also a way that influences the children. Absolutely. They, they hear us. They hear us. <laughs> yes. No doubt about it. Um, so again, obvious statement here by the authors, but so important. The core issue is that our kids need to hear from us that their bodies are beautiful. They need to believe, because it's true, mm-hmm. that their bodies are gifts, fearfully and wonderfully made, to quote the psalmist, mm. just as they are. Um, now, I think this next thing is important. So part of how we do this, says the authors, tell me if you agree with this one. Okay. We let them choose their own clothes, mm. makeup, bodily adornments, mm. and standards of beauty. Okay. Yes. I, you know, I Ben lo- has a great love of tie-dye. I knew you were going to bring up the tie-dye. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> and I do struggle with not, with not saying like, well, you should not wear the shirt and the shorts and the socks all together and the <laughs> shoes instead, you know, wear one plain piece and one loud piece. So mm-hmm. I do ha- in my mind, I say that, but I think, I hope I'm doing a good enough job of keeping that. No, I wanted to give you props on that actually, because I know just to me, you discuss the fact that, he wears a lot of tie-dye. But you don't say that to him. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, he can carry it off, and he loves it, and I shouldn't say that. That's a bad thing to say, too. He can carry it off. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I mean, he's, you know, he's got such an exuberant personality, personality mm-hmm. that it, it, it goes with him, and, you know, he, he loves it, and so, yes, I want to only support him. Mm-hmm. And I even went to the tie-dye store with you guys That's to look true. for tie-dye pants. You definitely did that, yeah. And, of course, all of this is in reason, too. Like, we're not going to allow a t- our 10-year-old child to get a tattoo, right? Um, so, I mean, right. all of this is is age-appropriate type Absolutely. stuff. Yeah. Well, um, and I would guess, like, we don't have a girl, but if a girl is wearing something that's too short or too yes. high or, and a, you know... I mean, I think parents have to have to have some direction in that for kids. Yes, yes, absolutely. But I, no doubt about it. Um, you know, there does have to be some conversation about you know, sort of what image are you portraying with certain clothing mm-hmm. choices, right? right. I, that's all part of the learning process. Um, but I also remember, like Ben went through a stage when he was younger that he loved to get his fingernails and his toenails painted. Yes. Now. He's a boy, right? You know, mm-hmm. according to society, boys don't necessarily paint their fingers and toes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were like, sure, yeah, paint your finger. We'll paint them for you. Yeah, Why not? Absolutely. Um, so those kind of we things. used to have fun going to Target to pick out pick out some colors. colors. Yeah, yeah. Those kind of. I mean, that's reasonable. So, or you know, they give the example of well, it's not permanent. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes, mm-hmm. to contrast that with the tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the authors gives the example of going to a store with her son, who was like age five, and he wanted um, a shirt that was obviously meant according to Target for a girl with some like big sequiny heart or something oh, on right. it. That's what he wanted, five year old yeah. boy. And she bought it for him. Yeah. Because that's what he wanted. Um, and, you know, those kinds of things. Right. So it, that, you know, they're sh- they're showing their personality yeah, in absolutely. some sort of way. Yeah. 
I remember when I was a little kid, little, probably like maybe five, four or five, mm-hmm. I wanted these like clog sort of like hiking boots. Mm. But my parents didn't want me to have them. They looked too boy-like. Oh, and, interesting. And that has stuck with me all mm. of this time. And every time we went to the shoe store, I wanted those type of shoes, and I got no. Mm. You could get some now if you want. I know. You don't want them anymore. No, they squeeze my feet too much. They're too heavy. Yeah, and the, but that's interesting. Their, their reason was they looked too boy-like. Yeah. 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 All right, so the last one is alcohol and drugs. Mm. Um, and again, they do not like the just say no. Right. No, I agree um, with that. You know, and there's no getting around it. You know, your teen especially is going to come into contact with these mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how is it that, or what conversations do you have with them to prepare them to, again, care for their bodies yeah. and make good choices? Right. And again, some of the shaming too. Like, mm. for example, this idea that, oh, drinking is horrible, drinking is bad. Well, no, not necessarily when right. you're, you know, the right age, right? You know, they even say... If you're not allergic to alcohol or perhaps predisposed to alcoholism, those are separate issues. Right. Um, drinking can be an enjoyable part of life. Jesus' first miracle in the Gospel of John is to turn water into wine. And I like my wine. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, how do we teach you know, responsible choices? Right. Right. And, you know, moderation versus overdoing, you know, right. that kind of thing. How do we treat that, you know, not all drugs, how do we teach that not all drugs are the same, right? You know, many states now are starting to legalize marijuana, mm-hmm. right? Which is very different than cocaine, you know? You know? Right. So it, it can't just be a yes and a no. Right. There are so many different gradients of having that conversation and being able to make those choices. Well, and I think also having the conversations about what it does to you if you start too early. Yes. Before your body and your brain are fully developed. Is ready for it, yeah. Um, And so, yeah, you may drink when you're in high school, but this are... This is what could happen to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, or even the conversation about marijuana, which I think is going to be changing now mm-hmm. that it's becoming legal. Right. Um, you know, some people, it, actually, I'm just going to read the quote rather than yeah. trying to paraphrase. They say, not all people who smoke pot become potheads, right. but some do. And yes. it significantly affects their education, jobs, relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting high might seem like a welcome relief for some things like depression or anxiety. Right. But then that's a short-term solution, which can create long-term problems. So, you know, there's so many different things involved when you decide to make a choice to drink or to smoke pot or whatever it might be. Um, But when it comes to alcohol and drugs, we need to treat our kids as people with brains and teach them how to do discernment while reminding them that their bodies are temples of God. Yes, and also, you know, talking to them about if you do... I think this is important. If yes. you do drink, do not drive. They mentioned you, that. Yes. You are always welcome to call. You must. You call us. Call. Yes. Get a ride. Yes. Without from someone that has not already been drinking. Mm-hmm. There will be. It's fine. Yes. We, will, we are not going to punish you in any way if you do that. Mm-hmm. However, if you get in the car and you drive home, now you're in serious trouble. <laughs> yeah, they actually mentioned that, making sure that is very clear. Right. Know? And I think it's even easier today, say, in the days of Uber and Lyft. Right. You know, 
there's no reason for you to have to drive if you have gotten yourself into a situation that right. is no good. No good. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So again, lots more details in the book. This yes. I found this to be a chapter really stocked with details. Yeah. Um, so I would I would recommend this chapter. I'd recommend the whole book, but yeah, this chapter especially book. for the details. So shall we close with the prayer yes, that please. they have in the book? All right. God, when it is time for the next talk, banish shame and embarrassment and help me embody grace ease, trust in my child, and confidence that you are also guiding them. Mm. Amen. Amen. All right. Until next time. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.